Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News here on May 2nd, 2023, with another episode of Bachelor Rush Hour. Oh, baby, baby, baby. It's the off-season, and what are we going to talk about? Well, we've got a pending... No, not a pending. We have a full-blown writer's strike. What does this mean for Bachelor Nation and other entertainment news? I'll tell you what. Luckily, Bachelor TV shows has no talent whatsoever, as far as Nick's concerned. And he's right when it comes to the writing of the show. It is an unscripted TV show. Unscripted TV shows do not have the Writers Guild. But I'll tell you who does. Saturday Night Live. Live from New York. It's Saturday night. Every late night monologue show, the younger Sheldon, youngest Sheldon, Sheldon Sperm, uh, the the guy who knocked up the mom that uh, had a kid named Sheldon. All those TV shows are going to be put on pause starting today, February. Um, it's starting today, May second, twenty twenty three. That's right. It's a uh, monumentous day in Hollywood. The Writers Guild of America has decided to strike, and they will be striking for as long as it takes, uh, picketing for workers' rights to receive quality uh, payment. And, uh, you know, there, there's this beef happening. I know what you think. Oh, writers make a ton of money. Well, ever since streaming took a hold, we've got Netflix uh, making $100 million for their CEOs, Disney CEO, $40 million, and, uh, you know, HBO Max and Discovery and all these channels that have thrived in the market, which has been uh, the streaming market, all started as some sort of experiment. And the, the contracts were not good. And now the writers have all voted unanimously to lock arms in solidarity and strike. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, I think naturally this is a good thing when people have collective bargaining. They all get together and say, we're putting the pen down. If you wanted to see Fast and the Furious 17, you're going to have to wait because we're on strike. And uh, uh, this will affect a lot of people. People's pay. This will be very interesting to see how it plays out. When the last writer's strike happened in 2007, they went on strike for 100 days, and it led to a huge issue. We also know that I believe SAG didn't go on strike, but they were close to. You know, they, you, you know, the bargaining that happens up to the last minute. Um, the other IATSE, I think it's called, the other union which covers, I don't know if it's wardrobe or what, but that works in film and TV, almost went on strike too to the last second. You know, getting deals done. And this is a good thing for you know making sure people are provided fair and adequate pay because if you think someone's making a lot of money as a writer like i said to the ceos like rupert murdoch's he's 92 years old making 30 or 40 million dollars and um, junior writers are just trying to make sure they can pay their rent not a not a, not a problem i want to be on the wrong side of as you guys know we've talked a lot about the issue with Love is Blind and are there workers' rights? Are they employees? Nick Vial says they're not. I say they are. Uh, they pay taxes on their income. You know, whether they're employees in the W-2 sense or freelance contractors, they get paid to be there and we need to make sure that we take care of our own, which is, you know, pretty much the giant middle class that's been forgotten. Don't make me run for president, folks. Um, no, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't dare do that. But uh, at least we can be president of the Bachelor Nation News Recap uh, Union here as we fight for better rights for all of my employees, which is just me. But um, my wife is going to strike. Uh, more pay, more more Italian dinners, uh, you know, just simple bargaining power things. So last night we had American Idol getting to the top eight, the top 10 performed. The America decided who they wanted their top seven to be. And then it was down to the final three who didn't get in the top seven. The judges got to pick who they wanted to save. And they saved Oliver Steele. Can you 
you believe they didn't pick Oliver Steele? He's an absolute angelic voice. Let's have a listen to his performance last night, and congrats on making the top eight. Another mirror, you are turning into something you are not. Don't leave me hurt. Don't leave me dry. Don't leave me hurt. Don't leave me dry. Come on, Oliver, give it to us. Cook it, baby. Scramble those eggs. It's the best thing that you ever had. The best thing that you ever, ever had. It's the best thing that you ever had. The best thing that you've had has gone away. That's Oliver Steele, music on Instagram, and he's made the top eight. Amazing, absolutely amazing performance. And I'm going to play a few more other um, notable performances from last night's American Idol, and we will also get to a Tasha Adams story. That and more coming up right after a word from our sponsors. And in other Bachelor news, we have a green lighting, a green lit show, Amazon Freebie green lights the goat. Of course, GOAT means greatest of all time. Reality competition series, season one, to feature Tasha Adams, Joey Sasso, Lauren Speed Hamilton, of course, of Love is Blind, the original uh, happy couple from Love is Blind, and more. And by and more, they mean grocery store Joe. We still don't exactly know what this show is going to be about, but as we heard, uh, Reality Steve was like, listen, there's nothing about these reality stars that make them the greatest of all time. They just were on reality TV shows. The streaming service has given the green light to the GOAT, a new reality series from producers of The Bachelor and F-Boy Island that aims to put fan-favorite reality stars from other popular series through a series of mental, physical, and social challenges to see who will come out on top. This very much feels like All-Star Shore, uh, where uh, Blake Horseman met Giannina Gabelli. Uh, of course, that was, uh, you know, they had different, uh, re- that was a reality star competition, but kind of like, that was like a challenge style, like they did physical activities. And it also kind of sounds like uh, the propaganda piece that Hannah Brown won, Special Forces, which was like, we're going to show you what it's like to be in the Special Forces, when in fact, they just put them in a desert and made them run around in the mud. I'm like, I'm sure there's a little bit more to it. But either way, there might be a little resurgence happening here. And then partial, partially because there's going to be, there is, a writer's strike so these non-scripted tv shows and by non-scripted do i mean talentless well they they (laughs) describe talent right no they of course all have different talents and it's kind of like i don't know you you know in the past we've seen um uh what's what was trump's show Uh, the apprentice going through different activities you know with you know different uh skill sets to try to make money well we'll have to see what these series of mental physical and social challenges are and we'll actually probably get to know tisha a little bit better 
because, you know, uh, Bachelor's so scripted. And by scripted, I mean, you know, formulaic in the sense that you don't really always get to know the lead that well. She's been very guarded. And I think it'll be good for her uh, to show some personality on the TV show. Of course, and I have a whole video about this, Freevee is the new app uh, by Amazon that Jury Duty is on. Now, don't get it twisted. I know whenever you hear Jury Duty, it sounds like a sad thing. But Jury Duty is the best show of the year, folks. It's the best show of the year. It's um, it's like if The Office met The Truman Show. It's about a guy who um, is is filming a documentary about what it's like to be a part of a jury, and he's a real dude, and he doesn't realize everybody else, including the judge, including the other jurors, and the plaintiff and the defendant, everybody else are actors, and it is a heartwarming and hilarious uh, show to watch. I might actually watch it a second time. It is so good. So. Anyway, if Amazon Freevee is going to make the GOAT, if they make that half as good as uh, Jury Duty, I think it could be a success. And of course, what's the hate? You know, uh, Tasha said she wouldn't go back to, you know, Bachelor. Uh, of course, you know, uh, they get, they get uh, you know, things twisted on them. They get edited a certain way. But as we know, as we've learned from Blake Horseman and Giannina, if you're on a show that involves like challenges with a cash prize, I'm pretty sure they're not supposed to manipulate the edit. So we'll have to see how that all plays out. And um, uh, my content load has been a little short the last couple of days. I've only had two videos each day. I'm traveling back to Los Angeles tonight, actually right from here. I mean, I'm still on the East Coast. So I have, a, I have a 6 p.m. flight. I'll get in at 9.30 West Coast time. It's a six and a half hour flight, but do the time difference. That's that's how it's going to be. And let me tell you something. The first thing I'll be doing when I get home is unpacking my box of microdose gummies. And of course, the Bachelor Rush Hour podcast is sponsored by Microdose Gummies, an incredible entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. There is no better way to get off of a flight than pop a microdose gummy and help just relax after, you know, the uh, the horrors that the airlines do to you. I mean, they literally, you know, when we flew east, we got upgraded to Economy Plus. That's right. Your boy's Economy Plus. But I tell you what, uh, you can't just ride that Economy Plus uh, wave, uh, you know, for the rest of your life. I'm back to blue collar Dave. I'm Economy. My lady pees nonstop on a flight, so she gets the aisle seat. I'm stuck in the middle fighting for elbow space, and I am going to make it back to my house, curb my anxiety, and get a good relaxing sleep with Microdose. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use our specific code RUSHHOUR to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. If you haven't ordered yet, folks, let's get on top of this and join me. Links can be found in the show description below. But again, that's microdose.com, code RUSHHOUR. And as you all know, I've got so much love for the conversation about therapy and overcoming one's own burdens. I'm going to share with you Caitlin Bristow and her chat with Derek Huff as they talk about overcoming all the hate they receive online. But first, let's play one of the best songs I've ever heard from American Idol. This was from last night's Top 10 episode. Welcome to the Top 8. We have We and E. Um, again, probably messing up her name. I'll figure it out one of these days. And this is her song. Uh, the American Idol Instagram said, there's no holding back this passion inside. Have a listen. I don't really need to look very much further. I don't want to have to go where you don't follow. I will hold it back again. This passion inside. I can't run from myself. And there's no
absolutely amazing. Just an absolute crusher of a performance there. Just really, just really owning the stage. All right, that's all for American Idol. I will end on one more American Idol song at the very end of this podcast, but let's get into Caitlin Bristow discussing inner child work with Derek Huff. Twitter and all that stuff. And so I remember that being like the first thing. Yeah. You could hear people's opinions yeah. and be like, Oh my gosh, there's a whole thing that's like, I hate Derek, you know? Oh my <laughs> god. Thread about it. What is that? And then you look <laughs> I at must the, read. And just like thousands of people are like, this guy, Derek, he's this weird looking guy and whatever, <laughs> and skinny and scrawny and looks like a twelve year old prepubescent boy. No. And when with the, with the saying, I think Caitlin actually brought this up first was um, you know, if you're looking for hate online, you'll find it. You know, when you're young and you're experiencing the threads that for the first are the meanest. Time, you're like, what what is oh, this? Oh, and you were probably so young when you're reading this. And I'm like, uh-uh. <gasps> so but my point being was like I've fortunately been able to like go through that and you, yeah. it affects you and then then figure out okay now we're gonna figure out how it cannot affect me you know what I mean because you're it. able to um, realize that anyone with a platform will get shit on like no matter who you are yeah so it doesn't matter if you're doing everything right they'll find something wrong especially on those threads but I I was the same way like when I first came off TV I was like. I can't, I can't handle the hate. I don't know what I'm going to do. And actually, at first, I thought it was hilarious. Then I went through a like, depressing phase where I was like, why do people hate me? Yeah. And then now I'm in another phase where I'm like, I just like feel so sad for certain people, too. So I'm- that's probably the strongest place you can be, the feeling bad for people that are in such a dark place where they feel the need to slam you for your success. Because as we know, and as the saying goes, there's never ever in the history of the world, somebody who's doing better than you, that's also sending you negativity. It's always somebody who lacks whatever it is they're searching for. And I got to remind you guys, as I remind myself, because I've been in this place as a bitter comedian, where if I'm judging somebody else for their success, I need to remember that and take that energy, those God-given breaths, which we only have so many of. Our heart is only going to beat so many times in our lifetime. So let's spend that time working towards our own goals, staying in our own lane. It ain't easy with social media, folks. We are presented everybody's success story. But put your head down, have a high frequency of love, and figure out how you're going to contribute to the world. And that's where the miracles happen. So I'm like, I'll I'll just let them have their little entertainment moment. Like if if hating on me brings them a little bit of joy, that's okay with me. Yeah, and then you can and you can you can see you can see which ones are like, oh, actually they have a point, <laughs> yeah. or like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you hit something, you hit a core, and like the reason why it's hurting me is because I know it might be true. That's I guess you have to be a little bit self aware with yeah. thick skin, yeah. and then have some experience with it too. I have you ever done um, like inner child work? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Love this. Okay, convo. so I did a week retreat at Hoffman. Amazing. And it was like thirteen to fifteen hours a day of inner child work therapy, and I learned so much about myself. Yeah. Um, and like I've done so much therapy, but doing the inner child work took. And of course, the inner child work being, if you haven't heard, we talk about this all the time, and which I haven't done, but um, just uh, you know, uh, loving loving Caitlin's description of it, but like who you are as a scarred child on the inside, and this is how I, whenever you deal with beef. With somebody else, I think of them as a kid and whatever pain and hurt they have. We age, we get wrinkles and gray hairs, but we really are this inner thing, this inner soul that is trying the best it can. 
and yet so many factors can affect us and beat us down that it's so refreshing when you see two people that have found success. I mean, nobody's story is greater than than Caitlin's story of overcoming success. She was trying to be a pro dancer. Uh, then she kind of quit all of that um, uh, and uh, pursued a life, uh, you know, with a, a guy that uh, a professional hockey player. It didn't go well. So one, you know, over, you know, broke as hell working in the restaurant industry to look to where she is right now. Too many people only see the success as it is now and don't know the absolute journey that got her here. Me mm-hmm. to a whole other level of being self-aware. And I was like, I'm, I can't like be the preacher of it being like, everybody must do it. But I'm like, everybody must do it. Yeah. Listen, the whole concept of like knowing thyself mm-hmm. is so, so important because yeah. it, you really understand like a lot of your patterns and your, your rituals and your, your habits. But um, it's funny. So I did something for like, a, it was like a month long. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty, in, wow. it was pretty in depth. A lot of trauma, like a month. You, oh man, here I am, just like no, 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 no. No, no by the way, a week is intense. Yeah, it is intense. But intense. yeah, I did three years, just a battle of who did it longer. And that's a, a complete immersion. Yeah. Um, but there's this thing that I, 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 you know, we did. It was called a trauma egg. Yeah. And basically, you go back and you look at like all your traumas in your life. Mm-hmm. And of course, I wrote down like six, and the guy was like, "Hey, <laughs> LOL, dig deeper." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. So I'm like looking at certain things. I'm like, well, is that, does that count for one? I don't know. Like, cause in your mind you think trauma, you're like. Somebody died dramatically yeah. in front of you and like, yeah. Yeah. But there's so many different levels and different, there's a spectrum of. We call it big things. T and little T trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And so I write them all down and then the exercise, basically what you do is you, um, you create these little bubbles and you do them in order and you draw pictures. You can't write any words or letters. It have to be pictures yep. of the trauma experience. Yep. So, and while you're drawing it, it basically makes you imagine it. Yeah. And it really feels real. There's some times where I literally, it was like somatic where I'm like drawing it and my whole body starts like, like to yep. experience something. But what was so fascinating about that, we you're talking about learning about yourself and understanding yourself, is after looking at all these pictures and they're all in this giant poster like this, yep. you basically have this snapshot of all these things that have happened in your life. And then you start to see these repetitions. You go, ooh, yeah. this is actually mirroring this and that's in different stages of your life yeah you're like wow it's just this understanding of yourself and yeah. then you have this like all of a sudden this like empowering feeling of like oh i can change this or i can i can change the course right it's pretty cool it's pretty it cool really is. i love to hear this conversation you know coming home and seeing family and unearthing the different triggers that we have and my sister you know god bless my family my sister my mom my nieces and nephews and it's also intertwined based off like who offended who growing up but it's all a thirst and we have to maintain that thirst for um, for knowledge and a thirst for compassion for those in our family that they're trying their best and they had issues. You know, we had, like I said before, some, you know, an issue with my, my biological father who was a Vietnam vet and who am I to, and I can feel my feelings, but who am I to judge him for the decisions he made when he never got the proper help coming back from Vietnam with PTSD and Agent Orange poisoning and all these different things. And, um, it's, it's a lot easier and in my opinion, to go through life with compassion than as a victim mindset. Now, and that doesn't mean you can't be a victim. There's two different things. A victim mindset and being a victim are different. If someone robs me, I'm a victim of a robbery. But if I spend my whole life saying, oh, the world's out to get me and this and that, then I'm playing a victim now. So I'm not. I'm trying to be delicate and say that, uh, and I'm not washing over anybody's feelings, but really owning up to your own problems and what you can bring to the table. Oh, and I got to tell you something. I've had to do a lot of work. I, you know, sometimes I come home after 
being away for a year and I'll find myself getting in some superficial fight with a family member, just something unearthed, you know? And I got to tell you, this trip, I got to tell you, it's like this one was magic. This one for me came at a time and a place where all I wanted to give back to my family was my presence and being there as a as a son and a brother and a uncle and a and, and a husband and all these different things. And and I gotta tell you, it felt like it felt like the right time, the right place. I'm getting emotional. I did the same, the storyboarding with the, yeah. the I did all the drawings and that that to me was something that stood out for me as well as being able to look at it as a snapshot and go, Holy, I still do that and I didn't even know that affected me at that point in my yes, life. Yes. And that is still showing up and yeah, it's it's really wild and I just think some of the most important work people can do. I nerd out over therapy and stuff like that because it's I, dude, it's so cool. It's so cool. It's so cool, it's so fun and it's so I, I just uh that's what from people ask me like what's like your biggest piece of advice yeah. in general with people and, and I'm like honestly just being curious yeah. like staying curious mm-hmm. because mm. when you learn about yourself you realize that everybody has a story everybody has their own you know stuff and so when certain behaviors when people act a certain way yeah. I don't really sort of I, I try not to judge and go oh my gosh I go ooh I lean in and get curious yeah. like ooh why are they like that or yeah. why are they speaking like why are they upset right now or why and then it just becomes, it's kind of fun. It's its just more enjoyable to like lean into somebody rather than just like judge somebody. Look at, look at the blueprints of the brain and of the heart. Look at why people are acting the way they are and don't just be defensive if they snap at you because of a certain issue. We always talk about the limbic system flaring, the ability to like the, you know, the fight or flight thing that happens when, you know, like for me, I might be a trigger to my wife in a certain way because of the way she had been treated in the past in a way that I wouldn't totally understand. And then she snaps back and I go, why are you mad at me? I bought groceries today. You know, it can just go into such silly places. But if we look at these, uh, all of our relationships as if everyone's trying their best, we can look at it at a place from like, okay, let's figure this out and not be so emotional and reactive. Gosh, I love this convo. And it's so nice to also have that a different type of um, interaction with somebody than just like the small talk or yeah. the, you know, getting like work done or business conversations, like to meet somebody and have a real conversation or talk about things that matter. You just have this other, like a a different connection with them. Like I went to, after I did that week of therapy, I went to an event where usually I would dread talking to people and get all like, Oh, I don't want to. But instead I just was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm just going to ask people questions and like get more curious. I had the best night. I had the best conversations and I walked away feeling like, wait, Maybe I don't hate people. <laughs> yeah. No, no. And, and, and we can just get lost in those moments where we're just seeing what can somebody else do for me? And the irony with like life and success is that the more you give to other people, the more that they'll want to reciprocate that. That's a law of attraction, right? And of course, it's always successful people like this that have figured it out. And there'll always be someone who says, oh, they come from a wealthy family or they, they're pretty or they have this privilege or that privilege. We all have a different privilege. Absolutely. But what you do of it and what you overcome is really telling and i love these types of conversations and as you guys know i've been in talks with kaylin bristow about possibly collaborating maybe doing her podcast you guys know i would love nothing more than to pick her brain about all she has done to get all that she has she is a fearless 
fearless entrepreneur. She comes from the waitressing industry, rising the ranks to having her own uh, wine label, Spade and Sparrow, available at Walmart and Target. Uh, boy, you could only wish that uh, you, you know when it comes time to have kids, you have a kid with as much strive and as much thirst for knowledge and for self-improvement as Caitlin has. And I think, and I truly believe by listening to podcasts like hers, it's able to rub off on us and we're able to sort of see our own flaws and overcome that and be the best versions of ourselves. That's all I want to do is spread love and joy. Hey, that's the Brooklyn way. And speaking of spreading love and joy, we have Iam Tongi. Let me tell you something about Iam Tongi. He is the force from Hawaii and he has just been absolutely crushing the American Idol stage. He's received more votes than everyone else. When you look at the American Idol reels from last night, you've got um, most people have 95,000 views. Uh, Oliver Steele had 60,000 views. The um, We and E, who I just played, has 275,000. Well, um, Iam has 530,000 views on the reel. He is just taking American Idol by force. And he's a, I, you know, I, I hate to use the term jolly, but he's a jolly, larger-than-life character from Hawaii. And, you know, there's the there's the song, uh, uh, let's see, what's it called here? Um that it's called What a Wonderful World. And this song was sung by another Hawaiian great. And uh, in the show, Iam talks about uh, not feeling like he'd be able to follow in the footsteps of others who have sung this song. Well, let's listen for ourselves and see how he does. And I think to myself, what a wonderful of the rainbow so pretty in the sky are also on the faces of people passing by I hear friends shaking hands how do you do they're really sad I, I This is our episode, folks. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. What a wonderful world. Bachelor Rush Hour. And I think to myself. Bye, guys. What a wonderful world. That's our episode, and we'll see you guys all here tomorrow on Bachelor Rush Hour.